AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. This is just just a banter. So it's not a big dummy. No, it's not a big okay. dummy. I not, think that'll be. That yeah, would it be ain't dumb. fair to give the dog a big dummy. What's up, G? Good afternoon, Smitty. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. How you I doing? I feel like I'm getting interrogated right now. Nah, I don't run like I don't run like that. I don't want to interrogate you. Yeah, that ain't that ain't my that ain't my deal. I appreciate it. Well, let me tell you what happened to me the other day, which enlighten me. I went and hit the straights. Oh. And uh went shopping just because I struggle at times with getting online stuff and then it does not match. The picture does not uh, match. Oh yeah. Because they you can thought, get you. what you thought you ordered. Yeah, or like the color is mm-hmm. a little bit off. Yeah. And then you're the you, That's the down that's why that's why yeah. I'm, g- generically I'm not a online shopper yeah. because of that reason. But I will like my go to spots, I always go to like mm-hmm. Nordstrom's. Nima Marcus and Bloomingdale's. You can never go wrong. Nope. Is what you see mm-hmm. is what you get, mm-hmm. right? So, going to do shopping. Wife called and said, "Hey, you know, Tiga. Tiga's my dog. It's a Belgian Malinois. She's about three years old. Love her. She's a house dog. We love her to death, right? Started Monday. She wasn't feeling good. Mm. Uh, she she threw up some. She had been eating a lot of grass and 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 leaves. And so grass is help make me throw up too. So it helps settle their stomach. And so they Hack it up, and they're all good. Tiga didn't poop, and she was starting to look a little bloated. Mm. So that was Monday. Bro, by Tuesday, she threw up again, and we had to take her to the 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 vet. vet. So took her to the vet. My wife dropped her off. I had some stuff. We were recording. Lo and behold, the vet is like, well, she isn't. You know, we took x-rays and did some scans. And looking in there, stuff not moving. She's usually using the bathroom. She isn't drinking. So I was like, let's just take her to the vet. So she's at the vet. Come about 6.30. 
they tell us, hey, we think she should go to the emergency room. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, because she's still her 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 she's still not drinking and she's starting to get uh and they put her to an IV. Oh wow. So she's really so she's really now hurt. she's getting bigger mm-hmm. and she's not who is in her body. Yes. So Get her to the vet, take her to the take her to the emergency, and so they said they're gonna observe her, but they believe that she has some things in her that she's been eating. Do you know what they could be? No. Right. I could not know what they would. Does she eat socks? Does no. she eat socks? Does she eat, you know, underwear? Does she no, we watch her. Yeah. We don't just let her gallivant yeah. through the house. Gallivant, ooh. You want? I like that. Yeah, oh, I just, yeah. I just, that you know, thing. so, no. You ready? So, she goes under the knife. They're going to do emergency surgery and remove items from her stomach. Wow. Do you want to know what items? Enlighten me. They removed some leaves Ooh. and twigs. They said Ooh. she ate as many leaves. It'd be equivalent to a... Small tree. Wow. My little doggy ate. My three-year-old Belgian Malinois ate. And I weighed it. I weighed it because it's in a Ziploc bag. I put it on the weight scale. You know how much, you know how small and light leaves are? Mm -hmm. She ate four ounces of leaves. Wow. That they removed from, they cut her open and removed four ounces of leaves. Why? Doctor told me they believe it possibly was a dead animal that was in the leaves. Oh, and so she enjoyed yeah. Yeah. the leaves because she was getting a little bit of <laughs> that, that, you know, that canine was yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. My dog then got sliced up, about $3,500. Sliced up and removed four ounces of leaves in her and twigs. $3,500 ticket. To get the twigs. Now, the part that sucks is then, so I take Deucey and Deucey's daddy, can I say bye to Tiga before? And I, <laughs> bro, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, if something happened to this dog, oh man, how you gonna I'm in it? trouble. Yeah. So before I take her, after we take her to the vet, gotta take her to the emergency. And they, and so they're calling us. They did a, a basically emergency surgery because they couldn't, she couldn't pass it, wasn't drinking. They did surgery like three in the morning. Mm. Wow! And so that I had to like sign the paperwork, resuscitation. If she goes under, I'm like, hey, I don't want to. <laughs> like, why do I have to answer this question? Right. Like, like, yes, I want you to save my dog, but now I'm going to sleep thinking, what happens if you can't save my it's dog? Like, it's like a human in the emergency yeah, room. Same type of questioning. No, it's like, hey. So I, yeah, that's that's. So I, I had to stop. Wow. One, we I, I say that took some time out of your well, out of your schedule. It was like two days, so we got her, and then she wasn't eating. Three o'clock in the morning doing surgery. Yeah, it was pretty bad, man. So, so funny story in that the vet was telling us that they had some other procedures where, where and this is a funny story, where they had a family whose dog ate a g-string. And first of all, I don't know why the doctor's telling me and my wife, but she tells us this. Just picking up conversation. She goes, well, yeah, we had a patient whose dog ate a G-string. And I asked the, the, I asked the, the, the mom of your, of your little doggy, do you wear G-strings? Yeah, I was going to say, how do we connect the Guess dots what? on this? Oh, you ready? Mom didn't wear G-string. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yes, the plot thickens. <laughs> and she goes, here's how the vet asked. Uh-huh. Does your daughter wear G-string? <laughs> no! Because their daughter, I guess, was too young to wear G-strings. Uh-huh. Oh, it's getting juicy. Oh, this, yeah. This is like, this is like donkey Hus- more Husband coach. got in trouble. <laughs> their dog. You are the father. <laughs> their dog ate another woman's G-string. Shenanigans. So this is canine Jerry Springer. Hey, <laughs> when you hang around the doggy parks, you hear all kind of stories. <laughs> you might and you might get fleeced. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who do we have today on the podcast? A cut to it. 
coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Muggsy Bogues. He's not just the shortest player to ever play in the NBA. He's a 14-year veteran, most notably with the Charlotte Hornets, first-time All-ACCA at Wake Forest, and overall great and iconic legend in the NBA. Muggsy Bogues on the Cut To It podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Well, our first segment that we do is our icebreaker. It's called Get Iced Up. It's random questions. Smitty has compiled. Might be a follow-up, might not be a follow-up. Who knows? Just be ready for anything, Muggsy. Anything, go. Mm. And so, mm. Smitty, go ahead and give him the first Get Iced Up question. All right. Which habit are you proudest of breaking? Which habit I'm proudest of breaking? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, gosh. Is there so many or is there? It, it, it's, mm, I don't have many bad habits. I'm just trying to figure out what is one that come to oh. mind that I kind of. Right. Are you comfortable with telling <laughs> on yourself? No, no, that's what I'm trying to make sure I don't. <laughs> see how you backed up over that window? See, 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 no, 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 no. No, what happened, player? Right. <laughs> I'm proud of habit of that. What the most proudest more habit I'm proud of. Oh, man, I guess what I gave up. Did I give up anything? I sure haven't gave up my junk food. I'm not trying to figure well, out what's been Look, let me be Steve Harvey. Let's pass on that. Okay. We'll come back. Yeah. To okay? So if you were at a Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and you seen another guest double dip in the salsa, do you A, say something to that individual or B you don't say anything and you keep it to yourself. Oh, I'm a, I'm saying something. You're going to expose it. Yeah. 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 You're double dipping. Especially if I got to go, if I got to go behind you, mm-hmm. that guy, I mean, that just lets you know that, Hey man, you know, we got other folks here, you know, going to be sharing the same sauce. You can't be double dipping. Yeah, you know, I just you know, so I'm gonna say something. I'm okay. not gonna be the last. I'm gonna say something. Double dip in the sauce. That's a no no. Party. Yeah. Right. Well, some people are double dippers. I I'm particularly not, but I just want to know where you're gonna say something or just you know be selfish and just not go to the sauce. Yeah, you got you gotta throw the flag on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going I'm going right at him. I gotta let him know and call him out. I might not be, you know, loud about it, but he yeah. gonna the person gonna know they can't be double. Okay, gonna be so NBA ref with it, but you're gonna call it out. Are you ask? Are you going to the individual? Or are you telling the house or Super Bowl host? Oh, so you're going to snitch route? Mm, see, what I- I'm gonna do first. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the individual because I don't want to just blast them like that. I'm just gonna go to the individual and let them know that you know. You shouldn't be doing this. You know, you got other people. Then if I catch him again mm. or that person again, I'm definitely going to go to the host. And then the host is not going to. And so are, is this host, you know, generally a dude that uh, a, a female or a guy, you know, I got to make sure I got yes, to say yes, everybody. <laughs> generally, people that uh, uh, host parties, they they don't randomly just do it once. It's, it, they're, they're repeated. Traditional parties. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a repeated party planner mm-hmm. is what we do mm-hmm. that's what we do and so you know if you go to the host they will not and slang they ain't <laughs> inviting that back over and yeah well i mean that's where that that's where the, the the double dip twice come in at when you do it twice you know once and i can you know, and I and I approach you and then you go do it again that mean that's disrespecting a person's home and you don't care about anyone besides yourself. Okay. So you may not need to be invited back again. All right. So I'm throwing, I'm sliding another one in there. What if the, it's the party host? Uh, no, you ain't going to have no But then the party host, then I'm saying him, oh, him or her double dip. And I'm like, why are you serving this among your guests? And you out here double dipping. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm approaching, then he, whatever explanation they give me, if they didn't mean to do it, then they then if you say, hey, you know, it's no thing. 
if it's a normal thing with them, then I got to be careful what I do around them. Yeah, that shows, that shows a lot about that character. That lets me know I'm not going back to that party. I a question. Anymore. Yeah. I don't know why I just raised my hand. Um, <laughs> it's your podcast. I know. What, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, what do you mean you act? How do you accidentally double dip? Because if you double dip, I mean, you, you have intention. You, you're like, mm, that thing. <laughs> mm, that thing. Good. Let me take this half eaten tortilla dip and dip it right back in that in yeah. that sauce. That's disgusting. Right. Yeah. You know, because it all has to be, a, you know, something that you constantly do. But, you know, you give them the benefit of doubt because you got people around. you like, you take a bite. You're like, oh, I think I need to dip it back in real quickly. And you catch yourself. But, yeah. you know, so that's the one time you may give them that, make that little pass. Okay. But I'm telling you, you know, once you see it again, you know it ain't no daggone act, no no accident. It's okay. it's a part of that DNA. It's in your DNA. Are are, yeah. so, are you a morning person or an evening person? I'm I, to, I think I'm a morning person, believe it or not. I'm a morning person. Because it seems I've seen though I want to get up and start my day off a lot. A lot sooner these days. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, six hours, six hours is enough for me now. Muggsy World Travel, he got places to be. Yeah. He got places to be. Not now. No, <laughs> not right now. That's very true. <laughs> All right. So this is a twofold question. Uh my 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 journalistic coach would tell me a double barrel question is not ever allowed. However, this is my cat podcast. She's not on it. So she'll probably text me later when she listens to it. But anyway, so What's your favorite season? And do you know how many seasons there are? <laughs> well, I believe there are four. Okay. Hey, I got to ask because we've had <laughs> some. We have had some questionable. We've had some. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, so I just got to got to make sure. Well, especially in today's society, you know, everything's is, you know, seem like it's a given. Yeah. And it's, it depends on where you're living. You know, mm. they think that's the, so that's part of, you know, the. The environment all year round, but yeah. now I believe in season. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite season, of course, is always going to be the summertime. Mm, why is that? You, you, um, he, he was reminiscing. Yeah. Oh, he, he had a moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff video, a little bit like, yeah, it's summertime. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things popped to mind for a second, but <laughs> I know what that bad happened. Summer, <laughs> summer, them summers back in Baltimore, he went back. <laughs> yeah. But it's the it's the warmth for me, you know. It's the warmth. Oh, I just okay. love that oh, warm okay. weather. Uh, you know, so that so that's where I'm going. I'm I'm a, you know my hang hang on to. Yeah. It's well, the warmth for me. Well, let's it's move on before we get, right. before we get you indicted right. on several. <laughs> I, it is the warmth for me. It is the warmth. He, he's warmth. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Um, well, Muggsy, we really appreciate yes, you taking sir. your time, man. And, and just, we're going to get down. This is an open book test. There is no mm-hmm. gotcha questions. The only mm-hmm. questions we're asking is about you. We want to know about Muggsy. You know, who is Muggsy? What Mug- makes Muggsy tick? And so here we go. Who is Muggsy? Well, laid back kid, you know, grew up in the inner city of Baltimore. You know, he kind of, uh, you know, found his way in terms of trying to pursue a dream. And uh, he started off as Tyrone, playing the game and as a kid, stealing the ball. And at the time, we had a show we used to come on every Saturday called the Bowery Boys. And one of the character names, his name was Muggsy. He was kind of the little small lead of his kind of crew. And I kind of had a little crew that we kind of grew up with uh, growing up. And But playing basketball, my boy Dwayne Woods, he saw me stealing the ball. And he kept saying, man, he mugging everybody. And he kind of tied the character Muggsy and mugging. And all of a sudden, I was Muggsy. And I used to hate it, too, because I thought they were talking about my mug. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, and I'm like, man, I don't remember that Muggsy. And then, you know, so. But it grew on me, you know, and then it became Muggsy ever since. Where are you from and a place you call your hometown? Well, I'm from Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore grew up, like I said, in the city of Baltimore. And when you say uh, the, you say the inner city, you know, I was I was out there. So I, and you got a lot of people that listen and mm-hmm. have followed you. Right. Give us a area of Baltimore, because a lot of people 
are, you know, a lot of people have known The Wire and, and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. multiple Ravens and all that stuff. But there, as I learned, there are so mm-hmm. many areas, so many um, places that you love to go yeah. during the mm-hmm. day. And there are some places mm-hmm. you don't step to ball mm-hmm. in Baltimore during the night. And it changes over quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it changes quickly. But we'll go exactly. on that path of how Baltimore changes geographically. But, you know, where exactly in Baltimore? Because a lot of Baltimore is not known how beautiful, uh, how widespread, how much uh, food, how much culture it has there. That is true. And I grew up in, like I say, right five minutes from where you guys were playing. And Lafayette Projects, hmm. which is off of Gay Street, and uh, it's right two minutes from the uh, Inner Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and right around that area, Gray Street. Um, so that's where I grew up. Of course, we now uh, we imploded the area. It's Pleasant Garden now. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of kids get opportunity to go and, and play in the rec center, where yeah. Under Armour now has a, a recreation center that they revitalize there. Um, so that's that's the area that I grew up in. And when you mentioned the wire, you know, that was the atmosphere. You know, that's what the atmosphere that we grew up in and um, the guys and, the, you know, but for us back then, we had the people more or less kind of keeping us away from the things that took place in the neighborhood. But again, you got some great parts of Baltimore that you would love to visit. It's a lot of places that, you know, again, you'd be cautious to visit as well. We have to take a break, and more than anything, we got to pay some bills. Mm-hmm. You got checked. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media, too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr., what about online? And you can follow us at cuttoitpodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers questions. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cuttoitpodcast.com. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. You know, for a very long time, um, you know, I idolized Muggsy Bowles. I even Mm. had when I was in I was 1996, 95, I think, one of those years. When I turned 16 years old, I got a Charlotte pur- Purple 
Oh, Bo's <laughs> jersey. Oh, our research department pulled up that picture too, so yeah, I've yeah. seen it. And I, and the picture is probably up. And I was at Six Flags, Magic Mountain, Ooh. with some Air Pennies on. Ooh. Right? The phones, huh? the phones, the phone pods. Absolutely. Oh, boy, right? you stunting. I was stunting. I think I have. Yeah. I think I have some jean shorts though, so that kind of threw it off. It was in though. It was in. So you had the jersey, hat was, jean shorts. Hat was backwards. Oh, yep. yeah, boy, that was prior know. to braces. So, Teeth <laughs> had a lot of space in them. Um, but man, you know, just growing up there and, and seeing the impact, um, uh, you know, that you've had on a lot of people, including myself. So, for me, it's an honor to have you on here. Is living here in Charlotte, I remember playing at the um used to be called the Siski YMCA, mm-hmm. but a few times I uh, got the opportunity to play uh, pick up basketball with Muggsy. Muggsy brought mm-hmm. you, you up too, didn't you? Oh, I was terrible, right? <laughs> but it didn't matter. I was playing with Muggsy both. Right. Um, but I never told you, bro. It was when we played a few times at the, at the, at the time, it's called Bryce now. It's called, mm-hmm. it was Siski. Mm-hmm. I was at all of playing basketball and just being in the same building with Muggsy Bowles. That brings chills because, you know, I, I really, when I first met Steve, you know, again, when we was at the Y and, and playing, because, you know, football, he was a Panther. He was small, but he was so aggressive. And I used to always, and me and LJ used to sit around and talk about how, you know, impactful he was. But when we was playing at the Y, you know, the, didn't realize how high he can jump. And you don't remember this, Steve, but when I think when we was playing, I, I don't know if I tried to give you an alley-oop <laughs> when I threw it to you. You got up so freaking high, but you, you missed the dump. Oh. And I was like, I cannot freaking believe that. I, I thought I was going to the spud. I said, man, this boy, this motherfucker get up so high, man. <laughs> it's unfreaking believable high. How he just get off his feet so lightly. I'm and the, I always, you know, I, I used to always to tell him about that and when we was up at the wide, but now it's the brace. But you know, man, I really appreciate that. But you again, you know, you know how it is when we're small, when we're growing up and folks are telling you that you can't do something. We just want to show them that we're capable of doing anything. And basketball for me was that thing. And, you know, knowing that I wasn't going to get much taller. Shit, I knew that, you know, especially, you know, Baltimore, that was the that was the place that kind of gave me that that grit and that 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 thing that I needed to go elsewhere to become who I was. So um, but you know, the belief in the and the things that I was carrying around in my head, you know, nothing was gonna stop me. I'm glad you said that because my son is over here and they, you know, they sometimes get on me, right? About mm-hmm playing sports and all that stuff. So I'm glad Muggsy, who's witnessed it, because now when I play them, I don't, I'll be like, they, I ain't they ain't want to believe you had them bunnies? No. Now they're, they're <laughs> guys. Like he right now, he ain't even looking at me. He busy on his laptop. <laughs> but like, how did that feel? You almost got an alley from Muggsy Bowles. Like, you know, it, 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 oh. sad part is, I don't even remember, don't remember that part. All I remember is, he was on the court with him. I was on the court with Muggsy. Mm-hmm. They end up playing. Mm-hmm. And kept going, but I just sat and watched, wow. and just watched mm-hmm. Bugsy play, like because I I just remembered that was a guy that you that you idolized that I identified oh, sure. with because when you you said something and let's 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 unpack that is you talk about size, mm-hmm. people almost talk about our size as if it's a deficiency deficiency like mm-hmm. it's a absolutely a, a deformity, mm-hmm. like oh you you're short so mm-hmm. you got when you. I hear people even now is you 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 talk about I study so much ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always like, oh, Steve has that chip on his shoulder. He got the short man syndrome. Oh, it's, I mean, I'm 41. I, I I'm short. You're right. But me being short has nothing to do with me analyzing a guy. If the dude can't catch, mm-hmm. if the dude mm-hmm. can't throw, what does my lack of height have to do with his inability to do his job? Right. Absolutely. They're like, oh, short man syndrome. Oh, that. One, I have always been short. Two, like newsflash. Yeah, right. And two, because you know that you're short. I, 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 I too am short. Yeah. So, so collectively, mm-hmm. the three ninjas. Yeah. But, exactly. but, but it, yeah, it's, 
that's that's already out there. So why do we need to belabor on the short that you're like, on the fact like, that you're short? Oh, he has a chip on the shoulder. The chip is not has nothing to do with my height. The chip has to do with the the machine or the instrument that you cannot measure, which is a man and woman's heart. And generally, people have to have show to more, more effort because the guy who looks the part that walks through the door that looks like Tarzan, but sometimes he's like Jane. <laughs> Where's more makeup than Jane sometimes, right? And and it's like so, you know, growing up in Baltimore. How did your, I'm using the word deformity, your lack of height, the traditional size of a point guard, a one or a two, how did that impact you internally playing ball? And see, for what us, you know, and put another thing what folks don't realize is the IQ level that we under that we have, and that's why we can analyze and see things, you know, even before it happened, and 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 kind of critique it in a way because the fundamental aspects of the game you never get away from it, you know. And then once we understand that fundamental aspect of it, the natural ability that we was gifted with it takes over. You know, and I understood that as a kid, you know, playing the game as a small player, you know, knowing that I wasn't going to get much taller and knowing that we had tall guys that played the game because back then everybody wanted big guards, big guards, big guards. Mm -hmm. And for me, I knew the game, but I knew how to impact the game from my perspective. And the thing about studying the game, understanding what that position called for, you know, as a point guard, your main objective is to get your team into his offense or get your team set up. And if you can disrupt that guy, that person on the offense or defensive end, then you've done your job. And I understood that on the defensive aspect of it and on the offensive point of it, you know, learn how to dribble, learn how to create space, learn how to make guys better, you know, learn how to get your shot off of taller players. You know, that became an understanding that I know how to do. And then just to being able to play against the best, that was the understanding. I felt like if I play against the best, if I have success against the best, then I need to be included with the best. And taking that mindset every time I took the court allowed me to keep climbing up the ladders and, you know, playing with some of the best around, especially in my neighborhood. And then that's what it was, you know, Lafayette against Madison, against Bent Lowe. And, you know, we had some talented players around there. And, you know, when I got to Dunbar, fortunate enough for us, we had, Guys that just was talented enough to, you know, to, to take their lane, to take their game to, you know, to the highest level, you know, with David Wingate, the late Reggie and Reggie Lewis and, uh, and Reggie Williams. So, uh, you know, it just, you know, as we know, being small, we just understood, I, for me, I understood how to impact that game and not even worry about the height differential because I knew if I can impact it at this size, just got to find, you know, coaches that understand the game of basketball. And for me, I was around some good coaches that understood the game of basketball that allow, you know, my talent to showcase. You've mentioned Baltimore so many times. Was Baltimore really as bad as is it portrayed or is it just those are just stereotypes from things like Steve said, the wire or just how it's portrayed in media? Well, I got shot when I was five, you know, so. Excuse me? <laughs> I got shot when I was five years old. You know, I was, got out, you know, snuck out the house, you know, wasn't supposed to be out there. A little fight took place. And when all things that happened, and old man Chester, you know, ran in his shed and pulled out his double barrel shotgun. And of course, all the kids, you know, we ran. And I've been, uh, you know, of course, I was unfortunate. I was one one of the two kids that got, Hit with all the buckshots, the bullet missed me, but all the pellets hit went in my arms and my leg. And next thing I knew, I woke up in the hospital, you know. But that's just the way it was, you know. We had that type of uh, atmosphere outside your neighborhood, you know. A lot of drug infested, a lot, of, you know, uh, uh, fights or things that just, you know, one, you know, that just happened out the outside area. But again. That was that was a that was a way of growing up, yeah. but you know we felt like you know Baltimore again. They said that 
a village takes to raise a kid. We had some older adults in there that really looked out for us that, you know, also kept us in the, in the right path. I, I want to, I don't know if I should crack a joke, but you five, <laughs> how, how does a five-year-old sneak out, out the house? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I wasn't going. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they fight. Why? And also, you ain't, you wasn't really a average five-year-old in size. No, 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 I wasn't. But the thing so, about it is that, you know. It, that was the advantage. I yeah. was, uh, yeah, and I wasn't a typical, you know, you grew up a little older. Yeah, absolutely. But you're still you know five. <laughs> I know, you, you, you're still five. That's true. You know, it, it's just being outside. Anything so that ass <laughs> Like, you know, my, 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 my dad, my dad was, you know, of course, you know, he was furious. Of course, my mom and all of them was too. But uh, Pops, you know, he had that street life, you know. So, you know, when his son gets shot, you know, that was a, that was a different uh, mental, a uh, different uh, mentality he had that where he wanted to go, you know, take care of matters in his own hands. Yeah. But you know, lucky that we was able, to, they was able to keep him from doing it, you know. Yeah. But he wound up going to jail anyway when I was twelve. <laughs> How many siblings did you have, and what was uh, growing up with them? I have uh, four siblings. I had two uh, older brothers and, a, and my sister, you know, who passed away in twenty fifteen. Uh, that was my girl, Sharon. You know, she actually she was pretty well known in Baltimore too. She ran all the youth basketball programs as well as the football programs back then in uh, in the city of Baltimore. Um, and then I have my older brother Chucky, who's uh who's down here with me in Charlotte. And then I got another brother, who uh, Anthony, his name is Stroh, We call him up in Baltimore. So I had uh, it was a total of four of us. Your sister was your sister was huge in Baltimore. Yeah, she, she was. What she was well known and well respected um, in Baltimore. You know, it's it's interesting as we were doing as as the recent my research department was giving me a lot of information. That was one of the cool things that I love doing about this podcast is I try to wait to look at some of the research because even though you know knowing guys are you know watching them or playing against them, there's so many intimate moments. Mm-hmm that I don't know. And I remember when I was first in Baltimore, um, when your sister had passed was, I believe like the first year and a year and a half that I was okay. in Baltimore and I was coming back and I was when the Freddie Gray stuff was going yep. on. Mm-hmm. And so you were going up there for your sister passing, but then also everything going on. And I was <clears throat> going up there to go back and forth for work. And it was pretty interesting to just to see how many guys are from Baltimore that you don't even realize? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Muggsy Bowles, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a guy that. Sam Cassell. Yeah, like a guy that yeah. is from Baltimore. Just recite, just go off all these names of players. And I'm not talking about players. That, even the people that we don't know. Yeah, think, I'm not yeah, talking about right. people, yeah. the well-known, but I'm just talking about players that the icons. From, yeah. the icons that are from Baltimore. A lot of guys that didn't even actually get to that point, but were so talented. And it started off with guys by the name of Skip Honey Dip Wise. You know, Skip Wise, who was one of the first that made it. You know, he played with uh, Golden State Warriors and then, you know, went on with the Baltimore Claws before they folded. And Skip set, set, has set a tone. You know, we had guys like Larry Gibson, Duke Richardson, uh, then, you know, Ernie Graham. Mm-hmm. I know you go from the Kevin Grahams and um, all the way down to the Dwayne Woods, the coach, who, which we call them co, Kevin Bush, uh, Steve Wallace. Uh, we, then we had Hot Dogs. I mean, you had so many players, and then from the older that was the older generation. Then you bring it down from you know, my area, from myself and the Reggie Williams, the David Wingate, the late Reggie Laws. Uh, we had guys named the Sam Cassell and the Camelo Anthony, the Rudy Gay's, and you got I mean, there's so many more that I'm just leaving out because the the mecca of basketball was so huge down in the city. Then we had little guys that was coming up, and we've had called the crime stopper, Lord Akil Carr, who wasn't able to, uh, to you know, fulfill his dream all the way. But, you know, and Josh Shelby, those players like that, 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, my little nephew was one of them. Tenario Bogues, we call him Naughty. Um, we have so many talented players in the city of Baltimore, man, that's still representing the city. And well, and then, you know, the, 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 uh, the Montgomery area, you know, with KD mm-hmm. and those guys, you know, so PJ County. So it goes around that area, man, um, but has so many legends that played the game. And, you know, you can't be missed by saying, you know, but we're missing Coach Wade. You know, Coach Wade had a lot of those guys that came through his organization, his program, and he mentored those people. I meant to those kids who served as father figures that did a lot of uh, good to the area. Um, so we had guys that really, you know, played Keith uh, Lord. Uh, um, I forgot, little Michael Lord. Uh, had Michael Brown. Uh, then, of course, the young kid that played with the Chicago, Keith Booth, um, who had made it. Uh, um, so I'd go ahead and give him a little shine, you know, some stuff. But... That uh, we just had a lot of players that came through that area. You know, guys, Pop Tubman, Mark Wilson, Daryl Edwards, uh, Marty Johnson, Terry Mo, uh, Terry Hosley, Keith Harmon, Eddie Oliver, Mark Mathis. I mean, Marvin Mathis. I mean, it, I could keep going on, fellas. I mean, that's the that's how it was back in that area in Baltimore. You've mentioned. The Dunbar High School, four out of five players in the starting lineup, David Wingate, Reggie Williams, Reggie Lewis, and yourself all went to the NBA. You guys go undefeated. You guys go undefeated junior and senior years. And yeah, there's even a 30 for 30 documentary, Baltimore Boys, on you guys. It it almost sounds like you guys were on the front end of all the AAU stuff you talk about now, like Chris Paul's team and how they went undefeated and and all that stuff. But really, how how did that experience shape you and start that trajectory of you going to play college basketball and eventually to the NBA? Yeah, we was, you know, we was fortunate enough to be, what, 59 and know my two years at Dunbar. Um, We had some talented players. I mean, Reggie Lewis, you know, he was our sixth man, believe it or not. We had a gentleman by the name of Tim Dawson and uh, Mike Brown who kind of started. But Reg, Reg could have easily started, but that was just coach way of having another explosive player coming off the bench and where will be no letdown. Um, But that, you know, playing with that type of team really propelled you for college. Um, For me, you know, I always made it a, a, a point that, when the scouts came in to look at other coaches, I mean, other players in practice, because mainly a lot of our scouts, when they was recruiting us, they came to our practice. You know, they weren't like going to a game. They came to our practice to, to pretty much, you know, recruit us because our second team was just as good as anybody else's team out there, you know, or their first team. So, and, but I made a point where like all the coaches came in to make, and to look at other players that I made sure that, they had they been talking about me on the way out, you know. So whatever that happened in practice, I want to make sure that I stood out and let them know that hey, you may be coming to look at him, but I'm gonna be on your radar as well. So you know that was part of my way of letting you know get myself being recruited and put myself in that way uh, because we had a lot a lot of scouts, you know, coming on our uh, coming to our practice to watch the guys, you know, participate. My senior year, that's when it really you know, start to heat up a little more. Um, you know, I had an invitation. I had scouts from uh, Seton Hall was recruiting me. I had Virginia was recruiting me. Seton Hall? I had, some big, I had Seton Hall. Some, so I had some Boston University was recruiting me. And when Wake Forest came and, you know, I took my visit. And then, shit, I, once I took the visit and they offered the scholarship. And once I saw my mom, you know, he, you know, we can watch TV. They can watch the games every Saturday and they ain't got to worry about, you know, getting in and go watch that baby play. And then ACC for me, it was, you know, it was the toughest conference. And I feel like if I, if I go ahead and do this, you know, this thing could put me in a good situation, you know, one way or another, if it work out on the court or not. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Good do it. Good do it. Let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevna 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. It's crazy. You get the 12th overall pick, 1987. (laughs) Drafted to the Washington Bullets. That's a 45-minute drive, no traffic. Well, you got to mm-hmm. leave Baltimore about, well, leave Baltimore about after 9.15. It's 45 minutes. <laughs> Bang, you there. Was it a gift or the curse being drafted by the Bullets? I always said, always going to be a gift for me mm-hmm. because that's, you know, I wanted to do it just like everybody else, did, you know, did it. You know, all the big guys, everybody that goes into it, you know, Unfortunately, you know, Spud wasn't able to, 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 to walk across, you know, as small guys, we weren't able to, to represent the draft the way that we you know we feel like we need to be part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And having that opportunity, you know, being selected, you know, 12th overall and then going to play right in your backyard, which is uh, DC up street from Baltimore. I mean, that was another ultimate. It felt like the weight of the world was lifted off of my shoulders that night. Um, but, you know, Playing in your hometown can be a curse. Mm. You know, uh, of course, you got to have, I had, had about 100 tickets every game. Uh, and at the time, I think the situation of the organization was kind of going in different direction. At one point, I felt like, you know, West Unselling them was really committed to changing because we had a lot of guys that was on the tail end of their career. You know, the late Moses Malone, may rest in peace, my guy. Uh, Bernard King, we had Daryl Walker, Jeff Malone. You know, guys was pretty much, you know, double digits in their career was pretty much on their way out. And we had a couple young players, John Williams in uh, particular, who had two years in the league, and they felt like, okay, bring them in. They was going to now kind of center around the younger guys. But after the playoff and after my exit meeting, and Smitty, you might know about exit meetings. Of course you do. Um, having a conversation with the coach and the general manager, they said, well, Muggs, you know, we, we gonna, we gonna get rid of some of these guys because, uh, you know, we want to go in a different direction. We want to get more up-tempo game and so forth. So by the time I got back to my, my condo, I get a phone call from my agent saying, Muggs, how you doing? You sitting down? I said, yeah, I'm sitting down. He said, uh, well, I just got out the phone with the bullets. I said, well, what do you mean you just got the phone? I, yeah, I just left them because I had my exit meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just there. Just yeah. talk to and, him. Right. Just talk to him. And they said that, uh, you know, we're about to go a different direction. And um, and we're going to kind of, you know, bring in some younger players. He said, yes. I said, uh, that's what I told my agent. He said, okay, well. I, just I, was saying, I ain't that old. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, I just got on the phone with him, too. And, uh. 
and I understand, and they just made a decision that they were going to let you go to uh, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, they called and, and they expressed interest in you and they decided to go ahead and let you, you know, go through, uh, be part of the expansion draft. And I say, huh? I said, yeah. what, what you talking about? I say, I just left West and I'm, I said, well, he said, well, welcome to the NBA. You know, this is the way business is conducted and they, they decided not to protect you and they're going to let you go to Charlotte. So I like, man, I was so pissed at the time and not know what it's direction. Been... <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, here y'all just draft me 12. Right. And we just, and y'all, you just had a meeting and you said you're going in the direction and then all of a sudden you're sending me away. Right. What the f- so I'm like, what the, f- oh, well. <laughs> Welcome to the NBA. And, what was that process uh, like? What was that process like too? Because Charlotte is an expansion team, so it's a it's a brand yeah. new team in the NBA, the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets, and you're in the expansion draft. Yeah. As you, I mean, you you yeah, were trying to work through the process, but how 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 does that even work? He like didn't an even expansion draft. The, his twelfth overall. Right. <laughs> you just got drafted. <laughs> Yeah, it's 88 now. Hey, it's still clear. Hey, is this real? It, 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 <laughs> right. Hey, it, it's still clear. It ain't processed yet. <laughs> it still ain't clear. But yeah, they got it. But you know, it was tough, man. You know, when you when you drafted that high and you felt like you know you you had an organization that wants you, then all of a sudden they say that they don't. And I start feeling some stuff during the season, you know, because they had me and Manute. You know, they had the tall and the short of it. So, you know, they was kind of, you know, DC, you know how DC could be in the media yeah. Uh, when things ain't going. So they was trying to make it, well, they just trying to sell tickets. It's a novelty act. Um, uh, fans ain't want to show up. Uh, we still have a line about 10,000, 12,000 at the, at the games. Cause we was at the, uh, uh, it wasn't the MCI center, but the capital center then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, back then, so they decided, oh, D.C., they was getting a lot of pressure organization, so they decided to let me go, which I'm happy they did. Hmm. I'm grateful that they did that because, you know, coming down here, I had to regroup my mindset and get a different frame of mind. And and the good thing that we had, I had Dell here because, you know, Dell was young and, Jay, and, and Rex was young in terms of the team, the players that we had, even though we had some older guys and Kelly Trapuca and Rex, I mean, and uh, Kirk Rambis and Earl Kirk and then those guys. Um, but the funny thing about it is that our coach, <laughs> Dick Harder, Dick was one of the funniest guys that you can ever have as a coach. Um, I'm going to give you an example. At one of the games, we playing the Lakers. And the Lakers, you know, Magic and um, they pretty much having that, have, doing, having their way with us. Showtime, they was up by like about 20 at halftime. Who was Showtime? So Dick. So Dick Harder comes in the halftime. He just comes in and start going off. He just start start off with with, with a couple of guys like Kelly Trapuka. Kelly Trapuka, let me tell you, son, we brought you here for a reason. One reason over. Put some boards, some points on the board, son. And that ain't what you're doing. He's saying, "Fucking Del Curry, shit." In order for your man to help us, you got to give us thirty. Cause your man is going to get thirty. He said, "Monty Bowes, <laughs> let me tell you, son, assist don't mean shit in this league, son. It don't mean nothing." He said, "He went all the way down the crowd. He said, Dave Hopkins. He looked at him. He just said, I f you, man. <laughs> he said, guys, do you realize your bunch of guys nobody wanted? Y'all bunch of guys nobody wanted." That's what I'm dealing with right now. A bunch of guys nobody wanted. How the hell are we gonna go out there and beat the Lakers? We haven't dealing with a bunch of guys that teams didn't want it. Why don't you guys and fucking go out there and run through the brick wall? And we had a guy by the name of Stuart Gray, a teammate. He got he was really pumped after the speech. And we went out and <laughs> in third quarter, he decided he wanted to pick a fight with James Worthy. Mm. <laughs> And Lord knows he was in the fight all by himself. <laughs> <laughs> all left him hanging. We left. It was crazy the way it happened because it was a couple of rebounds. Last fight Muggsy got into, he got shot. So Muggsy, <laughs> hey. it, 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 
But it, it it was it was a different time. If different teammates, we might have came and helped them. But it was still great. Oh, yeah. Still great was trying to make a point for Dick Hart at that time. So we like, oh man, nobody going out there. Man. Oh, brown noser. <laughs> he was the brown noser out the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to get some brownie points. Got his ass cut after the season too, didn't he? Yeah, yep. but that was a tough time, man. When you get traded, I mean, when you know happen that when you get traded like that. But again, like I say, it was a match made in heaven for me because. Coming down to Charlotte really allowed me to, you know, to elevate my career and take it to that next level. So, Muggsy, you're in one of the most iconic sports movies, Space Jam. It's being released. There's a sequel coming out, being uh, spearheaded by LeBron James. What was it like filming LeBron that movie? James. <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> what, what was it? What was it like filming that movie? And then, what's your thoughts on a sequel? Oh, boy, we had a blast from the Space Jam. I tell you, man, we was up there for two weeks. And uh, believe it or not, I had surgery uh, a couple of weeks uh, afterwards. And I didn't think I was going to be able to uh, to do my scene. But they was creative enough that they had a dolly when I was reading my lines. And they pulled me on my dolly. So I was like I was moving my shoulders like I was walking. So we was able to do that. But it was a blast, man. And, you know, just working with uh, the people on the set, um, not knowing that it was going to turn out to be such a, an iconic classic movie that it wound up being. You know, MJ did an amazing job working with the Looney Tunes and with the, the computers and the improps and all that stuff. Uh, and knowing that you're about to have a Space Jam too, I'm wanting to know what they're going to save. You know, we saved the planet. So, you know. <laughs> point. That's <laughs> so a good I'm point. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. You know, hey, it's, and it's, it's our time, man. We we blame, <laughs> we say whatever. I know the universe. Yeah, we might say, yeah. And the, yeah, you yeah, got to one more. Y'all saved the world, so now it's got to be something about the universe or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I'm quite something probably they got that in mind. Knowing LeBron involved probably is about the universe. <laughs> All right, well, we're getting ready to close you out, but one last segment that we have is called The Deep Three. And, and really, what we try to do in this segment is ask you uh, questions that go beyond you being a basketball player, beyond your jersey. So, Smitty, give him the first question of The Deep Three. What is the biggest lesson your brother Chucky taught you? That don't drink. <laughs> That's the biggest lesson I can learn from him. Don't drink. He is one of the, he is one of the uh, luscious drinkers I have ever met. Luscious. That's old school right there. Lush. Uh huh. Lush. Yeah. From six from six from six in the morning to dawn to the to down. Ain't been doing for sixty some years. What What do people not know about Muggsy Bogues? What do they not know? People don't well that I've I, I have caught. I have I have went deep sea fishing one time and I caught a marlin. Oh, he, oh. he didn't call an animal bigger than me. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was bigger than me. Right. Oh, they were holding him back. Hold me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, all right. So, I mean, last one. What has the basketball court allowed you to unplug from that's really made you either very sad or, or or feel lonely that a lot of fans don't realize or, or, or was going on in your life outside of the basketball court as a human being? Well, shit, that was my safe haven there. Mm. Once I got on the court, I was able to escape. No, I mean, the world was gone. And that was became, that was one of the ways I was able to escape. You know, those you you it's very priceless. You know, you can't put a value on that. You know, once you get out there in that zone and you're thinking nothing about the sport and the joy of the sport and the passion of the sport within itself, and the rest of the world doesn't even exist. I mean, where we came from, I mean, we wanted to you know exclude as much as we possibly can, you know, and not have to focus on the thing that was you know was was surrounding us. So that became our safe haven, and it became. And allowed me to become who I am, because without that, without being able to to have that place to escape, no telling where Muggsy would have been or where Tyrone Curtis Bogues would have been. Mm. You know, no telling. Um, that, and like I said, you can't put a price tag on that, because it, it allowed me to get away for so many things that was happening in my life. 
uh, take away so many negative thoughts or just to have a, a, a thought that was didn't supposed to be there. It just, it did, did all of that. And it allowed me to, to forget about negativity or even though if people even talking about how short you are, you know, I'm still, you out there competing. And then when you're competing in those lines, you know, you ain't thinking about that type of uh, uh, drama that's going on in life. You know, you just out there thinking about the task at hand. So that's an excellent question that, you know, that pretty much, uh, you know, like I said, you can't put a price tag on what that became to me. It was, you know, like I said, it was my safe haven. Thank you um, for the opportunity to talk to my childhood hero, a guy that um, um, I looked up to, um, a guy that um, I remember my mom and dad, you know, they, they worked a lot of, a lot of hours to be able to give me that jersey. And it was really cool to be able to talk to a guy that I remember, was it now, 20 some years ago that I had the opportunity to shoot hoops with and sitting there marvel. So um, it's pretty cool. I got to talk to Muggsy Bowles on my podcast. Or well, really, I'm talking to my hero, man. So thank you for, for giving me that time. Man. man, it touched me, big fella. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me. And Steve, you man, you know what you mean to me, big fella. You mean, I mean, all that you've done for this center, for this city, and all you've done for me and my family. And then time I, you know, asked you, you know, to call on you to, to ask you to, you know, take part in anything, man. You, you you don't hesitate. You come on, and I really appreciate that, my brother, man. Thanks for having me on y'all show, man. It's it really humbles me that you know you guys throw me in this light, and you you know allow me to come on and take part of you guys. Sure, I appreciate that. The theme of escape came up a couple of times. What are the top three things you were escaping from on the field? Our producer Meredith makes you think. Gosh. You know, it's it's funny. Is the question is the question. The answer you're going to get is probably not the answer that she thought. I love the chaos of football. I've heard you say that before, and I find it interesting. I did not want to escape anything. I thrived thrived in it. I thrived in the chaos. Two Minute was the best dysfunctional operation that is known to mankind in football, and I loved it. Yeah. So I wasn't trying to escape anything. It was exactly what I needed. I've I've heard – from you saying that another guy I've been around, Steven Jackson, he had a quote one time that was very along those same lines. When talking about pressure, he said, I make love to pressure. And and I know that that's a kind of a weird quote, but in the same sense, like most people would shy away from, Oh, I have to take this shot after this, but you're saying I'm running towards it. I want yeah. the chaos. I, I'm I'm running right towards that. That's what I want. Because it was how I grew up. So for yeah. me, how I grew up, it was exactly what I needed. It was a place of familiarity mm-hmm. it was comfortable I just thrived in it and when I say I thrived in it meaning I knew how to manipulate the defense mm-hmm. I would jog off to be able to make the corner drop off onto the corner so I can catch the hitch or I would go really fast to make the corner commit to me or commit to the other guy so two minutes for me was a place of comfort it was a place where all the chaos was going on everybody was ripping and running get a ball to the ref I was just in my little crazy cocoon yeah. right off to the side of the other field. And the only thing I needed, just give me the number, bro. I don't care what all bullshit y'all got going on. Just give me give my me number. Give Let me take so, the order and let me give you your meal. Exactly. Right? And if you ain't hungry, too bad because you're going <laughs> to eat. And I just, I, I loved it. Yeah. Now, as I got older, I didn't like too many because it was a place that were like, bro, I can't keep can't keep running with my head cut off all the time, right? But More strategic. Yeah, more strategic. But I still thrived in it, but it was just a less – it was less of a – I needed it and I, and, I, and I was comfortable in it mm-hmm. to where I started to realize that always having chaos was not comfortable. That is not normal for people. Yeah. That is not a place where you could thrive and be healthy. So for me, as I, for a long time, I thrived in it and then – as I got older and I got and I feel like I got healthier and I realized that I don't always need chaos in my life as a form of a measuring stick of where I am. Hmm. 
right? So that's why um, I never needed a place to escape. The place that people thought to escape for football for me, that was that was that was life. Wow. So that is how you button up a podcast. Yeah. We should do this for a living. Hey, I think so. Let's keep it going. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. (laughs) Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media manager Peyton Smith. From Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Lebrec. Production manager Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.